welcome to episode 18 of our second series. As always, I'm joined by the wonderful Mags and Sarah. Hi girls! Hey! Hey everybody! How are we both? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty alright actually. I'll be yeah, complain. Yeah. Um now we are recording this on a Tuesday, which is of course Bake Off Tuesday for you, Mags. What's on the menu today? Well, by special request, it's gonna have to be a brownie. So <gasps> yeah, so I think it's just gonna be a Mars bar brownie because that seems to have been <sighs> the more, the favourite one with people. So I make this because I only want a piece, but then there's the other twelve pieces that have to go somewhere. So here have some, have some, have some. Well, but you've got volunteers ready and waiting over here, Max. <laughs> well, I've already anytime. started planning what you two have asked for and how am I going to do this. <laughs> I'm going to have to buy a silicone tray that's rectangular shaped. And that, it's, oh. it's in the planning. It, it, we cannot wait, can we, Sarah? No, it's going to be great. Well, I mean, <laughs> I tell your face so. that, but... <laughs> Don't worry, Max, I'll have them all to myself. Um, Sarah, um, first things first, for anyone mm. not watching on YouTube, uh, Sarah's got curly, luscious locks today. And mm. apparently, this is mm. all natural. Some of us have to use curly tongs to get it this It is look. natural. You too could look like Bon Jovi on any given <laughs> day. <laughs> If it you go for a run in the rain and then don't and then don't dry your hair. <laughs> it could be worse. Oh, yeah. I look like Rod Stewart's love child when it happens to me. <laughs> and I'm saying um, nothing. <laughs> um, Sarah, how have you been? What have you been up to so far this week? Yeah, good. Um, I mean, what day are we on? Tuesday. Not, not, not a lot. Just work. Um, yeah, went for a run today. Got rained all over, and that's about it. Nice. Uh, well, pretty productive then, given that it's only Tuesday. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK, your one-stop shop for everything netball. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Now, as lockdown's eased, we're giving every listener and viewer the chance to get 10% off at the leading online netball shop, Netball UK. Plus, if you use the code with an order before the end of July, one lucky winner will get the entire cost of their order refunded. Save now and you could get your order on us. Netball Nation powered by Netball UK. Get the code at mynetballnation.com. Now, the ANZ in New Zealand's flying by with round four now complete, and there were some exciting games, including the league's first ever draw. We'll also be chatting about some big Super Netball news. Uh, what have we learned from lockdown? We'll be looking back over the big talking points and also answering some of your questions. But for the last time before the show takes a break for a while, we welcome our special guest, who Sarah in particular knows pretty well, so I'm expecting a huge round of applause now. It's Stacey Francis! <laughs> <laughs> Where's your party poppers, Sarah? Come on. <laughs> that was good. That was, that was excited from me. That was. That was very, very good. Uh, Stacey, thank you so, so much for joining us all the way from Perth in Australia. Um, what time is it there right now? Uh, 6.40, so dinner time. Uh, right, well, we won't keep you too long because if you're anything <laughs> like us, dinner time is a very important time. Um, oh, Emma, we, like, we've got to say, because I thought we were going to do this a bit later today. Right. And then it was going to run into Master Chef time, <laughs> and I was actually I was actually going to go mad because I was going to say, Stacey, if she does this recording over Master Chef, when every time I <laughs> ring her at that time, she's like, you know what time it is. I'll call <laughs> <you back." laughs> 
<laughs> that is brilliant. Well, well, thankfully, Sarah, for the avoidance of any tension, we are doing it now, pre-MasterChef. Pre, pre I kind of get where she's coming from because I'm kind of Thank like, you. I love those MasterChefs. Not, not even yeah. like, oh, hi, how are you doing? It's just like, you know what time it is. I'll call you know, she actually picks up and speaks to you, not just yeah. a case of, does your phone do this? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, it's not like you're on the other side of the world and you don't get to see each other often. No, no, so no, no. Oh dear. <laughs> but Stacey, thank you so much for joining us at dinner time. We'll make sure that you can watch MasterChef. We'll let you go long before that. Um, how is everything over there? How are things over there at the moment with, um, with it kind of changing all the time with coronavirus cases and stuff? Yeah, well, WA specifically is brilliant. So I think next Saturday we move into what is our phase five, which is pretty much um, everything except for physical distancing has been removed. However, we're operating in a massive bubble. So our state borders are closed. Um, internationally, we're closed as well. And then yesterday they decided that they wanted to try and sign an executive order to even minimise the amount of people that are landing in WA. And then today, um, they from midnight, they're locking down Melbourne because the cases in Melbourne are just growing bigger and bigger. So it's kind of like a weird calm here, but like, a bit of escalated chaos in the background as well it's really odd yeah that must be bizarre because it's kind of like you're almost going right we're stepping back into normality and then you're taking a backward step and it's kind of like then it kind of adds to that feeling of where is this going and where does it end I guess doesn't it yeah, it's, I mean, for, uh, for me specifically, I'm here just to play netball. And so for Melbourne to be going into a six-week lockdown is just another spanner in an already very complicated work. So I think the yeah, it's just a bit of a mess. <laughs> I mean, you, you touched on for you personally. Talk us through what your situation's been like from the very beginning of um, coronavirus right through to now. Yeah, the beginning was, it sounds so melodramatic, but the first couple of weeks were generally the most traumatic time of my life. <laughs> like, it was just really stressful. Um, I just didn't feel like any proactive decisions were being made. Um, I was having to try and make difficult choices with no information whatsoever. I couldn't find a decision that meant I was factoring in my sister, my career, Sarah. Um, so yeah, I just let myself get very stressed and overwhelmed and um, spent a lot of time just being an absolute mess on the phone to Sarah. And she was really chill, which was nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, the first few weeks are stressful. And how are you feeling about things now? Because obviously it has been a traumatic time, but where's your head at with everything as it stands? Um, it was really good. Like we are pretty much back to living a normal life here in WA. Training is back to normal. We're back to our full-time hours. Um, the pay is increased, which is a massive stress reliever, um, although not back to 100%. But we are just still waiting. We're in a bit of limbo. I think we're in that four-week countdown or 25 days I saw today um, to the season but we still don't have a fixture list uh, we still don't know if we're well where we're going to go if we go into a hub because we can't travel um, a FIFO like we would normally we can't do a fly in and fly out season so there still is a lot of unknown so we're preparing as normal but we also have no idea what's going on especially given the um, yeah the increased um, cases in Melbourne and the fact that they're going into a six-week lockdown. It's just this kind of limbo land, isn't it? And, and in terms of training, what does that look like for you guys at the minute? 
Um, training's been all right. We 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 will struggle because we won't be able to get the same number of like practice games that we would normally because we can't travel. But we're really fortunate because we've got funding from. Um, our venue sponsor so the RIC arena and city of Perth so that we're actually being able to host a a proper practice match at the arena and we can have up to a 50% capacity which is still seven and a half thousand so for the team it's fantastic preparation because to be existing in your bubble of just quiet calm to then hopefully get back onto um, our normal stage in front of thousands of netball fans will be quite overwhelming so yeah, it is a funny old time and there was obviously the whole two-point shot saga as well, just to throw it into the mix. But we pride ourselves on our ability to adapt as netballers. Like everything's a lesson and a challenge and we're just trying to approach it in that mindset. You, I mean, you meant... Sorry, go on, Mags. Sorry, so you mentioned the, um, the pre-season fixture that you had. Is this the one with the All-Stars that you're playing against? The mix yeah, so... On the 15th? Yeah. Yeah. Do they come from... The team, this all-star team, are they built up of people from Western Australia so that they can at least then travel within the state to get to this game? Yeah, absolutely. So it will consist of our three training partners. We also have a select group of male training partners as well. And then some experienced state league players. Um, so it will be a bit, bit of a mixed team, but uh, exactly what we need in terms of competition and quality so that we're prepared when it comes to round one. And spectators as well. How fabulous yeah. is that? That will be a sellout. Yeah, you would hope so. Um I mean, I think people are just falling into that gap of just finding things to complain about, but it's an incredible <laughs> opportunity. Um, and we will be the first um, professional sport to go back in front of a crowd, which I think is quite cool for netball, given how huge football is over here. But yeah, for us to be able to have 7,500 in the arena for a practice game and then hopefully um, to have full capacity crowds for our season is amazing. It's pretty exciting. 7,500 spectators just for a pre season warm up game against an all star team. <laughs> I mean, it's just almost like it's just the norm. That's just phenomenal. It's, it's also great as well, uh, Stacey, like you mentioned, the first to have the, the spectators there and stuff. In terms mm. of um, people who maybe don't follow netball, it's going to be talked about for that reason anyway. So interest might grow even further. Yeah, I hope so. I think although there's been a ton of challenges, I really think it will be quite serendipitous for netball because for the league over here, it's in a position where we're entering into bargaining for broadcasting deals for next year. The numbers aren't as high as Channel 9 would like them to be, but probably for the majority of the teams, um, you're not going to be able to get to to watch a game or numbers will be restricted. So hopefully it will mean that more people are tuning in to watch at home because they can't either be there in person or to look at what this new spectacle of the two-point shot is. I know that that's Netball Australia's hope anyway. Uh, what are your thoughts on the two-point shot, Stacey? Oh, um, she's gone there. She's <laughs> gone <of> there. Worms. <laughs> she's gone there. Oh, dear. No. How much do you need this gig? <laughs> 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 I was like, I want. Do we have a? Have we been given lines about the two point shot? How um, did you say nothing? What with what? Was given an answer? <laughs> Is it Master Chef time? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh God. Ooh, sorry. Dinner. Dinner. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I do think it's a bit stupid, but also for me, the biggest issue around it was the communication and the decision-making process um, and the lack of consulting with the game's key stakeholders. Like, I think that's a little bit scary that they can just throw 
huge game-changing decisions into the mix at such a late stage before the season. Um, ultimately, whatever happens, you adjust. Like I said, it really is a netball mentality to just get on with it. But the way in which it was handled, I think, was a little bit, um, yeah, underhanded. So, Stacey, can I ask you then, in your opinion, without putting you on the spot, obviously, do you think that this decision then was ultimately just about the people who pay the money in sponsorship and the coverage, you know, and the players who were the ones who make it happen? Who cares? I just think, I think they thought that maybe we wouldn't notice. Like, there was so really? much, so much going <laughs> on. Yeah, I just think they'd be like... Teams are just so distracted. There's not very much time. Um, you know, they don't even have a fixture list yet. Like, this is going to be the bottom of the list of issues. But, yeah, I just think they thought they could kind of sneak it through and that people, you know, you wouldn't get those savvy players going out there and finding the, the headline article from March, I think, when they took the poll, that it was like, two-point shot, no way, never. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think if that is the case, then they've grossly underestimated the players, haven't they? Yeah, and I think that's, that's a big issue. We, I think over here especially, like the level of professionalism and um, the relationship and the respect that I think the players and the players association thought that they had with the league was very high and so I think the players feel a little bit disrespected by not being included in such a key decision. Can you see it being uh, reversed or changed then? Um, maybe had the the can of worms just not continue to escalate into a bucket and a skip and just get bigger and bigger like it's just it was a huge deal for a couple of weeks and then it became the fact that we don't have a fixture list and then now it's about the um the six weeks um lockdown in melbourne so i'm not sure if it can stay high enough on the list of of issues but it's definitely still being raised and understandably so and we will obviously keep an eye on that here on netball nation uh, we won't keep you too much longer stacy but i think uh, i think it's interesting uh, something that we've asked everyone that we've had on during this period how have you managed to keep yourself um fit and focused and how do you continue to do that how has it changed <laughs> it probably sounds really bad but like i really enjoy training on my own <laughs> So even though I couldn't get on a netball court, that isn't necessarily my favourite part of training. Like I really enjoy um, like the physical and mental battle of lifting weights in the gym and conditioning. Um, and like the netball is really the fun part. So it was just an opportunity to focus on what I could develop as an individual Um yeah staying strong doing all of those prehab exercises uh bullying my sister and my housemate into <laughs> to trying to get or stay fit with me as well um and just knowing that i would i'm here for a reason like my purpose to be in australia is to play netball and they've always been pretty adamant that suncorp would be coming back and so i wanted to make and i was pretty adamant that i had some huge goals and challenges that i've set myself for this season and um, staying fit and making sure that I was ready to, you know, pick a ball back up when we were allowed to was really important. I mean, that's good then. It, uh, it, it's bo it's bodes well that you don't mind training on your own. I think um, for a lot of people though, they, they might have struggled to sort of keep that momentum going. What, what tips would you give to anyone in that situation? I think what's been really good for me is that coming into this season, I had set myself some goals and I'm not really quite so deliberate in what I want to achieve. And 
my goals weren't, you know, they weren't necessarily fitness test scores or something particularly measurable, but they were attitudes and behaviours and the kind of person that I wanted to be in my environment. And so if I could do that, you know, on my own, <laughs> motivating myself or my incredibly reluctant sister and my bullied mm-hmm. housemate, then when I got back into that professional environment with people who were equally as motivated to be there, it was going to be easy. And so, yeah, having that, those three for me characteristics or some goals in mind were easy for me to keep going and to work towards. Mm. And um, one thing that was quite a blow for both you and uh, and Sarah was the wedding situation because this wedding we've heard so <laughs> much about. Honestly, here at Netball Nation, we feel like it's our wedding. So <laughs> Sarah did tell us, you know, how organised you were with it, but also how well you handled it when you realised, you know, it was going to have to be postponed. What's the latest with it now? Yeah, we. I just. I think we realised that there was nothing we could do. Like, obviously, the first instance is the pandemic and everybody's health and safety, and that was going to be most important. Um, and then, obviously, secondary netball coming in and delaying things and not consulting me individually about when the wedding was going to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was rude. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. But yeah, we just had to wait, wait for all the information. And then we were so fortunate because our venue is owned by a member of Sarah's family that they gave us like a window of time that we could move the wedding to, which then meant I could make another Excel spreadsheet and <laughs> I could contact all of the vendors and find a mutual date that they could all do within the window of time that the venue had given us. So it's been relatively stress free, actually, other than. Um, you know, we're still not knowing if it will actually go ahead, but there's no point worrying about the things that we can't control. And my parents moved their flights, which was the other non-negotiable. Um, yeah, Sarah was very keen that we didn't move it. And then because I couldn't have this highly meticulously planned wedding, um, potentially, that we then had to move it again. So <laughs> compromise. <laughs> for anybody who's listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube, the sheer delight in Stacey's face when she spoke about the uh, Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, it's worth checking it out on YouTube oh, just you for that. Enjoy like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah looks absolutely delighted about it as well. Um, well, do you know what? We're, we're obviously rooting for it to go ahead. We, we, we want to hear all about this day because at one point you were going to be having donkeys there and all sorts. <laughs> yes there's still i can't wait for these photos um right before <laughs> we before we do let you head off uh, stacy just one more thing um queensland fiber shooter gretel buetta has recently announced that she's expecting a first baby so congratulations first mm. and foremost um how big a blow is this to the firebirds and also it's opened up this conversation that players are choosing to have children mid-career instead of feeling like they have to wait until they retire what are your thoughts on this I open that to all you guys, Maggie and Sarah as well. In terms of the player part, because we um, we actually had this conversation at training the other day, I think it's fantastic. Like, it obviously does stir up that really awkward question mark as to, you know, whether you would sign a, t- uh, a, a contract, excuse me, knowing that poten- there's a potential for you to fall pregnant, but also... Um, a job's a job and so I think what's fantastic especially for players in Australia is that they're feeling confident and supported enough to make personal choices um, and not have to sacrifice all the time so yeah I think it's fantastic from that perspective. Do you think the um, the irony of 
the Suncorp bringing in this two-point shot is now that someone like Gretel will probably be replaced, not probably, but may be replaced by an import as opposed to a young up-and-coming Aussie because they'll go and look for someone who can shoot long. Yeah, possibly. I guess for them, it gives them a choice and an opportunity to go looking for a player that provides something different. Gretel is fantastic at what she does, but I can't imagine she would describe herself as a long, a long range shooter. But um, my whole career has been built on taking opportunities as a result of somebody else, you know, missing out or stepping aside. And so you just don't know what youth will be coming through Queensland netball, like chomping at the bit to get on court when ordinarily you would never take Gretel off. I'm just interested to know whether or not there are, um, you know, the same rights extended to the netball players within their contracts for maternity leave. I don't know what's within that contract. So if that's the case... You know, Gretel, she'll go away, she'll have a baby and there should still be a place available for her should the same rights be linked to your contracts because she's had a baby. It's no different to anybody else. So if that's the case, it would only be somebody that would step up and step in for that maternity period and then she'd be allowed to step back in. Does that, do they have things like that within the contracts over there, Stacey? My interpretation of the contract is that um, like we just run like year to year, season to season. So okay. if, for example, Gretel's contract ends at the end of the 2020 season, then, then that's, that's it. Just, yeah, that's just yeah. where all end. But they would obviously potentially sign in good faith for next year, knowing that she would have been able to have had the baby and, and rehabbed and be working back towards being fit for the Queens and Five Bears and the Diamonds. Yeah, well, personally, I think it's fabulous because back in the good old days, you wanted a child, you had to come to an end with your, you you know, your elite or your international career. And that's hopefully before the shells on your eggs hadn't got too hard boiled. So so you, you walked away from it. But if you look like the New Zealanders, I mean, there's been quite a couple, you know, there's been a few examples of people within New Zealand who have been you know, top of the game, gone away, had the children, and they've come back and they're playing elite and even playing internationally. If you think about Ekanasio and you talk about Kapoor, you know, and people like that. So I think power to the, the females within the sport that they have enough strength and confidence within their, themselves about their ability to go away, do this, and feel confident, hopefully, that there will be a spot for them when they come back. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You can do both. I like that, Max. Thank you very yeah. much. What a nice way to round up our chat with Stacey. Thank you so, so much uh, for joining us all the way from over there, Stacey, particularly at dinner time. We really appreciate it. <laughs> um, I'm guessing this is the last time Sarah's going to speak to you today if you're going to be watching MasterChef later. So do you want to say your farewell <laughs> as well, Sarah? <laughs> Thanks for making time for us. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you get the girls on more often, I'll be available. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacey. We'll speak to you tomorrow then. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, Stacey. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. Good Bye. Good Bye. Yeah, good luck. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> As lockdown comes to an end, so does the first part of Series 2. But we think it's a great time to chat about the big things we've learned during the weirdest of times. So, Sarah and Mags, what have you both learned about yourselves? Um, that I need goals and challenges to get things done. <laughs> mainly um i'm not very good at just meandering along and you know not having set times to get things done by or you know set challenges that i've got to get my my teeth stuck into so i kind of knew that already but i think having such a long period of time where you you could just sort of let things flow 
has, has really taught me that I am better when I when I set myself some clear clear challenges. Yeah, I think it's definitely highlighted a lot of our strengths and weaknesses, don't you, Max? Oh, without doubt, without doubt. But I think, uh, you know, in some respects, you know, take on board what Sarah says about having challenges set for herself and some goals. It's also been quite nice to, to, to be able to have that time to sit and do nothing as well. Mm. But, the, you know, I'm sure that Sarah's life is pretty much like mine, where it's, it's 90 miles an hour every single day. You know, there's no real breathing or wriggle room within your, your, you know, your week. And so what I've enjoyed is the fact that I actually know the inside of my house now. Mm-hmm. And all those jobs that I've been putting off because I had no time to do them have now been done. I've actually got a garden that I'm actually quite proud of. You know, I've that room in the back of the house where you just sort of open it really quickly, the door, throw it in and close it because <laughs> yeah. you don't have time to deal with it. It now has foot space. I can see a carpet. So for me, my, my goals and challenges were just to do the bits around the home that I never had the opportunity to do and to have some me time, which is what I've managed to achieve. And do you think you're both going to carry those, those lessons that you've learned into normality, albeit as it looks right now? Um, I'd like to, yeah, to a certain I think, extent. I think it's probably taught us the value of, you know, human interaction and, you know, talking to people and keeping connections with people. And I'd, yeah, I'd like to think that we can carry that forward and, and look after each other and kind of check in with people a little bit more. And, and can we talk about how um, you think Netball's adapted to deal with the challenges that coronavirus has posed and where you think it could have done better? Well, I think the adaptation were clear for everybody to see because the online world of, of, of training has just come alive. You know, and the ability to tap into other people's training sessions, the, the generosity of so many athletes or companies, you know, like NetFit or Sasha Corbin, just putting things out there for the, for the use of anybody and everybody who wants it. The Joe Wick stuff, you know, it's all being free. Because prior to this, I don't know whether or not these, well, they didn't. A lot of them didn't give this stuff away for nothing, mm. but they've, they've realised the, the value of this togetherness and we're all in this together, so let's not put a price on it. Let's just give it to anybody, the resources. Um, and tech, people have got a lot better at tech, and I wish I had, I wish I had chairs in Zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd be raking it in right now. Yeah. And for you, Sarah, um, in terms of sport as a whole, what do you think are the biggest positives and negatives to come out of this? I think... As a whole, you know, we've all kind of recognised how much we miss sport and how much mm. we get from it from a, you know, interpersonal level as well as, as anything else. Um, but it's also kind of done done some good in, in giving people a little bit of perspective. I think like what Max said, like you run around a million miles an hour and um, everything in your world always seems very, very important. And then something like this makes you realise that actually, you know, winning and losing netball games or football games or whatever it is you know isn't the end of the world it's like there's bigger things and I think that's it's always nice to have a little bit of a reminder like that sometimes that you don't get too bogged down in in your own world yeah it offers you some perspective doesn't it it really does Um, I suppose Emma the other side of the coin with that and yeah, I ditto everything that Sarah's just said there the other side of the coin is the 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 negative side to people that are involved in sport you know, the athletes, the people that work within, you know, the television industry that have no jobs or, you know, the layoffs and the redundancies and all that, that horrible stuff wrapped up in it because it's that balance. 
I've actually, I've thoroughly enjoyed having some me time. And every day I now make time for me to have some me time where I'm not on my phone. I'm not checking my messages and I'm not the slave to my phone. Even if it's only an hour a day, I don't touch it. But then you think about the negative side of this where it, it has affected people's livelihoods and people's mental health and their well-being. And, and, and for as much as sport isn't the be-all and end-all, sometimes for those people, it, it, it literally is. Mm. Yeah, I mean, for, for, uh, for people that play sport, um, it's a great, it's a way of escapism anyway, isn't it? And for sp spectators as well, it's an escapism yeah. thing. And I think we've realised just what a big part it does play in our world. It isn't the be all and end all, but it's crucial for physical and mental health. Mm. And I think you're right as well, um, Mags. And I know, Sarah, I remember you saying it a few episodes ago, just about giving yourself a break, maybe not reading the news all the time, not checking social media all mm. the time and just having a bit of time for yourself and doing whatever makes you um, happy or whatever keeps you company. And one of the things that's been really nice during this time is that you guys have been getting in touch with us and, and telling us that whether you've been going on a run, whether you've been, you know, training at home or around the house or, you know, just doing little bits that you've been listening to us and feeling like you've got a friend. And that's great because normally we're just three talking heads all looking at each other um, <laughs> from our respective homes. And then... Um, a few of you have actually been in touch. Um, Jeff Bergen's been in touch all the way over in Santa Monica. How cool Ooh, is that, girl? I, I know, yeah. internationally. Uh, he says, hey there, huge fan of the podcast. I think it's great what you're doing to grow the game, both female and male and mixed, through digital mediums. I'm reaching out as I'm the skipper of the Santa Monica Spirits, who are a ladies and mixed netball team of mostly expats out here in Los Angeles. We play right down by sunny Venice Beach, or did before COVID, and played at netball's U. US Open na uh, Nationals last year, finishing fifth in the mixed bracket. Nice work. Uh, keep up the great work and best of luck for the future. How lovely is that? Awesome. Well, it would have been lovelier, Jeff, if he'd invited us over when this is yeah, all I was over. Yeah. Say, when, yeah. when does Jeff need some guest coaches in? <laughs> We're there. We are all over that. <laughs> we are more than happy to come and host a podcast uh, from Venice Beach. Because <laughs> well, I know that, that... Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, Alex yes. Our own selves down in Russell Beach. <laughs> 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 yes i can jeff if we can make that happen please uh, thank you so much for your message here's another one as well from laura craig who sent this email and it says hi guys loving the podcast especially during lockdown my question for you is how important do you guys think it is as an elite coach to have been an elite player so many of the top coaches these days have had glittering playing careers so for someone that isn't on that level can they still make it as, uh, as a coach uh, and as always any top coaching tips especially for those that are younger what are your thoughts on that girls yeah, it's it's an interesting one, and I think it. I think what's hard at the minute is is like like she says, it's it's difficult when you see a lot of the top Super League coaches and stuff have been players. It, it must seem like it's it's a hard pathway to get through if you, if you've not been a player. Um, I think the bonus of of having played the game is that you've been around that scenario and you've experienced so much um, that you kind of just absorb things without knowing it. Like you, you know how practices run. You know the environment. It's it's not new to you at all. Um, but on the flip side of that, it's good to get different eyes on things. And you know, you don't have to have played the game to understand it. Like a lot, you know, it's like any sport. Some of the top coaches weren't top players, and and your understanding is separate to your playing ability. Um, so, I think you know. Players are at an, at an advantage, but it's not. It's definitely not a necessity for top coaches to have played at the top level. 
Would you agree with that, Max? Yeah, I'm, I've just been sat here racking my brains thinking of any of the coaches that have had the, the top spot that have not been players. And, and I, I can't think of the top of my head. It's the transition from having been a player to still wanting to stay within the sport because you have valuable lessons that you've learned and, you know, and valuable experiences that you can share with others. So it isn't unheard of, I'm sure, and I'd love this, you know, I'd love this person to be the first person that can do it. You've just got to set your stall out and if that's what you want to do, you make sure that you align yourself to the right people at the right time. So if you're doing community participation netball at the moment, well then step away from that and find yourself a, um, you know, a performance team. And you go in at the bottom level if you have to do, you know, you do one of the younger age groups or you just offer your services for nothing just to be around. And then as your confidence grows and your knowledge grows of the game at the performance level, then you start dipping your toe in and taking on some responsibility. There's lots and lots of seminars and courses around the country and then the, comp the um, qualifications that you then need to gain. It can be done. I don't see why it can't be done. And well, I'm I think sure like some, of, some of the top male coaches like, like Dan Ryan obviously played, yeah. but people like Mike Greenwood, like he never yeah, played. He didn't game. play, no. Um, I'm not sure about Rob Wright in, in Australia, whether yeah. he played or not, but, you know, for the lack of us being able to think of a female example there's 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 men out there who who have got top jobs and not necessarily played um played the game so yeah, it's, it's i mean lisa alexander i mean i know she played elite but i don't think she played for australia do you mm. know sarah i so. don't think she played for australia but i know she maybe played decent you know yeah. i think i think for for the the people um kind of coming through the coaching pathway who who haven't been players I think it's it's about trying to get in an elite environment and and understand what it is because it it feels different it looks different um it operates differently to mm. a normal club environment and I think a, a level of understanding of that um is helpful for for getting into those roles because um you know you, you understand you know what players do you understand how sessions tend to run and structure and content and things like that so you know there's always opportunities to do that as well like just go and you know watch sessions or um you know shadow coaches and things like that and i think that's a great place to start yeah be a nuisance be a nuisance and put yourself forward there we go, Laura. Some top tips there from Mags and Sarah. Uh, thank you for that, girls. And remember, you can always keep in touch with us, get in touch with us uh, at Netball Nation if you've got any questions that you want to put to the girls or any comments at all. Um, now we've made it to the final section of the show. Uh, the bit you've all been waiting for, the ANZ score predictions. <laughs> Another week of tight games with one so tight the two teams literally couldn't be separated. So should we crack on, girls, and get through them? Let's mm -hmm. do it. Now, before we start reading these out, uh, in terms of predictions, currently as it stands, it's 5-3 to Sarah from the last set of results. So it's you putting your hand in the kitty, Mags, or baking us more brownies. Oh. Um, so let's have a look at this then. Uh, so Mystics v Tactics. So Mags, you went for Tactics. Sarah, yep. you went for Mystics. And uh, 
It was 47-42 to Mystics. Well done, Yay. Sarah. It was. Tick, one for you. <laughs> Ting. Um, you both went for Pulse in Pulse v Steel and you were both correct. So there we go. Two for you, one for you, Mags. And uh, in the next one, Pulse Magic again, both went for Pulse. Both got that right. Well done. Finally, uh, Mags, you went for Stars and Sarah, you went for Magic. And uh, as we know, it was 46-46. So yeah. tick, tick again. Hang <laughs> on. Have you just got four out of four there, Sarah? Well, if we're counting the draw as, as one, then yeah. I, I think it's only fair that we do. I think it's only fair. I think <laughs> yeah. it's only fair. Ma Mags needs that one to up a point oh, of it. So that's why I'm saying that. it's only fair. <laughs> <laughs> so how does that stand now then? You got four, Sarah, so you're on nine. And I think based on my maths, you're on six there, Mags. Does that yeah. sound right? It sounds good enough. It's Not bad. Enough. You're edging up. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, Magic of Stars played out the first ever draw in the competition. Are you surprised by that, girls, considering there's been so many close games? No, Oof. really. I mean... No. It was on they, the books. It was ready to happen, wasn't it? We won yeah, and the ANZ gem, um, usually plays to a result, um, mm -hmm. but because they're in this condensed season and with loading restrictions and things, they, they're just allowing draws to stand. It was it was an interesting game. It would have been an absolute <sighs> nightmare to coach that. Yeah. Because Magic went up massively first quarter. Stars came back. Stars were up by like six at three quarter time. Yeah. And then, then they end up drawing. And yeah, it was a bit of a roller coaster. Do you think they'll be a happier of the two teams? Magic. Yeah, I think I think Magic will be happier exactly, because when, yeah. you, when you pull back six in the last quarter, yeah. you know you've got to be happy with that. But they also did have a chance to win it, so yeah. <laughs> you know it's it's just one of those. It was just such an odd, odd game that um, I it suppose was, it was yeah. um, great from a spectator's per perspective, though, because yeah. as a coach and a player, uh -uh, not yeah. a nice place to be. And especially as um, I think Magic had the opportunity to win it in the dying seconds, mm. if not for uh, an attacking contact. Latu yeah, yeah, yeah. she put that poor bit, that poor girl. Uh, but I mean, what what's, what I've enjoyed about watching the A and Z so far is how happy everyone looks mm. all the time. The mm. players, like I've never seen players look so happy on a netball, <laughs> so happy to be there. And then they all draw, and you know, like sometimes everyone's just fuming with a draw. You know, no one's happy about it. They're just all like, "Oh, draw, brilliant." <laughs> We've lost. Brilliant. We're playing netball. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just we're just happy to be here. You playing, know, literally, you know? people just happy yeah. to be there. Coaches, like, just look serene. I would have been like absolutely losing my mind. They're just like, yeah, we've just got an eight goal lead away. We're going to claw back six goals now. Okay. Amazing. Well, good for them for uh, keeping up that positivity. Now, Pulse are still looking incredible despite having back to back games, uh, but they do have their weaknesses. Um, so, girls, what could opposing teams do in training to combat them, do we think? Uh, oh, God. And this is me being super critical because, you know, I'm a, a Pulse fan through and through. I think at the moment, the one weakness they have is when juries one on one with certain shooters. And uh, that's just for me. You know, if they can expose that and pull um rory out of the circle and just leave jury on her own she's been punished on more occasions than not so it's a case of practicing that in training and making sure that you keep goal defense busy that's for me that's one point yeah i mean it's it's a new defensive circle isn't it and it looks mm. different because last year yeah. pulls had sulu fitzpatrick who yeah. when you awesome. watch her and, and phoenix caraco at mystics mm. doing mm. a great job but she's a very different player to kelly jury so um, I think, yeah, they're still fanning their feet a little bit in the defensive circle. And 
I think generally to beat pools. I, I was impressed with Steel. Um, oh, like Steel made pools yeah. play well. Like to, to have a game with 100% shooting throughout the game for pools and still only win by, what did they win by? Four, six, mm. something like four, something like that. Um, like Steel pushed them. Um, but I think you, you basically need to put them under pressure consistently all the way through court because they've, they've got so many good players that, you know, you can like nullify Amelia Ran and then, you know, Tiana Matura will step up. So it's like seven players need to be on it and, and that's difficult for teams to do. And um, can I just put a shout out for Jenna O'Connell in that game? Because for me, yeah. I've always, always had my doubts about her and her being robust enough and her hands being safe enough. She always looks a little bit, you never know whether she's quite going to pull it in or catch it. And I thought Jen O'Connell stepped up amazingly in that pull steel game and did an amazing job. She, she really impressed me in that game. I would host a round of applause here, but I'm clinging onto my laptop for dear life. So feel free to <laughs> give Jen a round of applause between yourselves. Yeah. Um, there we go. There we go. And, uh, and Paul's made history as well by shooting 100% for the whole game. Mm. How difficult is that on that level, girls? Easy. Yeah, it's easy because that's like, yeah, that's why I don't buy a shooter. Get <laughs> <laughs> the princesses to do their stuff. <laughs> no, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, like shooters... You know, shooters are obsessed with stats and things like that. And they, they like to be like, oh, I shot 100% that quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for them to shoot 100% the whole game, but both shooters to do it is, is pretty mad. Um, and then, oh. like, like I said, for, them to, to, for it to still be a tight game when you're shooting at 100%, um, it means that, you know, they were put under pressure. And we're talking about, you know, some mid-range and long-range shots here as well, not just the little ones under the post, who some shooters would say are, are more difficult, the ones under the post, than the ones that are taken from a distance. And the, the balance of shooting as well. I mean, usually you've got a high percentage taken by your shooter, but they were so balanced with mm. either goal attack, goal shooter, fearless, put them up, so, so wonderful to watch. Amelia Anacanasio at the minute is kind of in that, you know, just untouchable zone like she just looks so confident so sure of herself i would be amazed if come the end of anz one of the suncorp teams doesn't mysteriously get an injury that they need her to replace Mm, you heard it here first watch this space Mm. right there i don't know anything by the way making stuff up well (laughs) have you got a contract out on sunday <laughs> One thing you do know, or you seem to guess very well, is uh, how the fixtures are going to go, Sarah. So let's get yeah. through. Let let's get go through first. these. I was going to say that. What, don't worry, Max. We'll make sure Sarah goes first. Pulse v Steel. What are you saying, Sarah? Uh, I, I'm still going to go Pulse. Are you agreeing with that, Max? Yeah, even though they yeah. were pushed this week, absolutely. Okay, okay. Right, you've got got an opportunity to go Steel here in the next game. Steel v Stars. Um, I will go Steel. With and I'm going to go stars. Okay, one each. Stars v Magic, Sarah. I see, this is a rerun of this week, and it, mm. I think stars. You're in stars, Mags. What are you saying? I'm saying stars because they they will have had a week to tidy up things that they weren't doing particularly well, which was the transition of the ball through. So I'm going stars. Okay, okay. Tactics v Mystics. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go Mystics again, you know. Mystics haven't let me down so far. Um, and they are probably the team that um, people are most excited to watch. Mm. You know, their defence end has been incredible. Um, 
their attack end everyone's really excited about because they're really young and, and add, like play with a lot of flair. But yeah, I'm going to stick with them. They haven't let you down so far, but have you just jinxed it? Max, what are you going with? <laughs> oh, do you know, I had in my mind, it's the battle of the defensive circles this game because both defensive circles for me are just awesome. Um, and then I think about Tori Ava and I just think, I love that girl, her feeding and her touch on the ball. I love her. But I'm going to go tactics just to mix it up a little bit. Okie dokie. And finally, tactics v magic. Sarah? Oh... Tactics would be favourite, but I don't know. I'd, I'm going to go Magic just because I just... I'd, yeah, I don't know. I just want them to get a good win. They look like a team that they just need a big win for confidence and they'll be flying, so... And yeah. they've got the players to have that big win. It's just not happening for some reason. Yeah. So are you, I'm going to give them that. Are you going Magic as well, Max? No, I'll go Tactics as well, just to... Mix it up a bit. Yeah. There we go. Your predictions are in. Thank you, guys. Now, before we head off on our mid-season break, we've had a tweet from Matthew Battens, who's a very good, who has a very good question regarding the two-point shot rule in Super Netball. Here we go again, girls. He asked, um, well, at My Netball Nation, after the controversial introduction of the two-point shot to the 2020 season, Gretel Boetta's amazing news provides the first opportunity for a Suncorp Super Netball team to recruit a player with full knowledge of this rule change. Who would you select? Well, I'm thinking about our own girls here in England because we're, they're going to struggle to get them from anywhere else. And I'm thinking there's two teams I looked at. It's either Manchester Thunder shooters or even uh, one of Sarah's shooters. So for me, the people that might get a knock on the door could be Ellie Cardwell, could be Catherine Turner, or uh, it could be maybe Ella Clark. Because I can't see where else they're going to get a shooter at this stage um, that can slot in. Sarah? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, like Stacey said, we don't know what they've got coming through. So we're not sure, you know, what, what Queensland girls are coming through in, in this instance. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how this two-point shot plays out because there's a potential for more imports to get drafted in because of this. And I think, like I was saying about Amelia Rand, I'd be surprised if, come the end of ANZ in, I think it's August time, that you've not got some Kiwi shooters heading that way as well after the end of their league. So yeah, I think English shooters will be will be under threat. Um, potentially a couple of Caribbean girls. Um, Shanice Beckford's a, a good long range shooter um, from Jamaica, and then um, the Kiwi girls. But it'll be interesting because Australia are in danger of sort of getting to the point where they've got more imports than Australians yeah. in some teams. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see whether they want to keep doing that to, to try and, you know, expose this rule or if they, they want to sort of develop their own. Well, watch this space. Thank you, Matthew Battens, for the question you've sent in. That is it for another show. As always, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, just like Matthew, Jeff and Laura did, get in touch via social media or head to hello at mynetballnation.com. Now, we're off on our summer break, but don't worry, we're going to be back in August to round off the ANZ and talk about the launch of Super Netball. Before we round this one up, girls, have we got any shout outs? I have. Yes! 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 It's only taken episode 18. No, last episode, uh, and I have. I've got, I've got go, some. Go um, on. Well, first of all, to Hannah Knight, who announced her retirement um, yesterday. Um, just incredible, incredible player. Um, we played 
under 21 World Youth Cup together in 2005. Oh. Yeah, that's how long ago it was. Um, Showing your age there, Sarah. I know. Well, that means she's as old as me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we played we played that together, but then she's just had a phenomenal career. You know, I think four Super League titles, captained Wasps for the last few years. Um, and I think it was, you know, a testament to her as a person, the sort of outpouring of love from everyone yesterday to just recognise her contribution to Super League and, and how much she'll be missed, although no shooters are going to miss her. <laughs> well, we wish her, we wish her the very best. Yeah. Um, Mags, do you have any... Sh- oh, do you have any more shout-outs, Sarah? I, I might do, but just give Mags a minute. Okay, um, go, go on. <laughs> uh, I'm just thinking now that we're getting to that time where it's coming to schools, those that are still in school, but it's coming to the official school break. And, you know, most families are not going to be able to get away on holidays. I think it's staycation time for most people. So just be safe, look after yourselves and just, just enjoy your summer break, kids, and hopefully come September everything's back to normal or as near uh- to normal as possible. Absolutely. And Jeff, if, you, if you're listening at Venice Beach, hopefully we'll be seeing you soon. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. We'll driving now. Yeah. Because <laughs> we can't fly. Max will bring some brownies and yeah. you know, we're off. Um, Sarah, do you have any other shout outs? No, I think that was it. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you so, so much. Do you know what, girls? It's been fun, this, hasn't it? I know we haven't physically been able to see each other. I think Sarah secretly enjoyed that, but it's been great. (laughs) It it has been brilliant. Just, it's been a a genuine, this is how sad my life is, what I'm about to say, a highlight of my week as well, just being able to chat with you girls. And it's a a bit like therapy, you know, just having a laugh and and talking about stuff that that matters to you and obviously matters to you, the listeners. So thank you so, so much. Uh, Thanks for joining us um, and listening to Netball Nation. It is, of course, powered by Netball UK. And don't forget, we're giving every listener and viewer the chance to get 10% off at Netball UK. Plus, if you use the code with an order before the end of July, one lucky winner will get the entire cost of their order refunded. Save now and you could get your order on us. Now, the only way to get the code is to head over to mynetballnation.com and click on the banner on our homepage. Have a belting week and we will see you next month. Thank you so much, girls. You're welcome. Take care, everybody. Bye. This is Netball Nation, powered by Netball UK. Shop now at netballuk.co.uk.